and we are live with another episode of Lead Off Talk with myself, Caitlin, and joined as always by Gabe. Gabe, how's it going there, buddy? Going good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so for this episode, we are going to chat about a couple of the guys who signed in free agency this past week. Uh, I know the last episode we dropped was on Saturday, but rec- but we recorded it on what was it Tuesday or Wednesday? So yeah, I think Wednesday, yeah. There was a little bit of a delay uh, with that, so I think like I think we talked about Carlos Santana maybe being an option, and he ended up being signed on Friday. Was it something like that? Yep. So. You know, there there were a few guys that, if you listen to it, they were already off the list of guys who potentially <laughs> could sign. So um, we'll go through the list again, kind of narrow down first base, because I feel like we did a, a very abrupt version the last time. And with Jose Abreu and Carlos Santana, it sounded like Cleveland were in on both guys. Um, it was reported that Cleveland had a – Talks of a three-year deal with Jose Abreu. Um, that's pretty significant because he is 35, 36 years old. So it, it kind of seems reminds me of the Edwin Encarnacion signing where they did, you know, they did offer gave him a three-year contract when he was what 34 or 35 years old. So yeah. Clinton is willing to if, if they see a guy that they like, and I think Jose Abreu would have given any team really uh, a really good uh bat from the right side uh a clutch hitter he's always a clutch hitter and i know it's kind of hard to quantify you know clutchness but you know it, it seemed like every year um and, and even last year where even when the power was down he he was still hitting over 300 um he was still driving in runs even with a pedestrian lineup in um in Chicago last year. And he goes through the Houston Astros for, what was it, three years, 60 million? Yep. Which, honestly, yeah, which honestly, it makes a ton of sense for them. Yep. You know, I thought they would be more looking at uh, Josh Bell a little bit more since he was a switch hitter, a little bit younger. But if their window is maybe only another two years or so, I think Jose Abreu fits perfectly on that team. He's still a pretty, a pretty like he's a solid defender, even at his age. He's better than Guriel. I mean, Guriel went from being a really good defender at first, and then had this extremely steep uh, decline the last like year, year and a half. And who who do they have? They had a couple prospects that played first. Um, I think that they were kind of excited for. But yeah, Jose yeah, Abreu going to the Astros. Them, they do have a bunch. Like you yeah, said, I mean, it's the rich a good get, move. Yeah, the rich get richer, and even if he even if he underperforms in year three, you know, it it makes some. Um, this is a this is a trade, or not a trade, a signing for this year and next year, and then that third yeah, year, well, it, it is what it is. You know, whatever you get right. from him, you know, and it plus they can afford it. got Edwin. It was like what we get three years for him too. It was like kind of the or was it four years with that one? Uh, it was three years, but he he only played for us for two years because then that's when we yeah 
traded back for uh for Carlos Santana. Because yeah. that was a whole like the Jake Bowers trade, I think it was. We traded Edwin to Seattle because the Phillies traded Carlos to Seattle and then we got him back and then yeah. It's such a weird yeah. trade. Yeah. I think that's uh <laughs> Yandy Diaz went to Tampa too. Yep, we got for Bowers. Jake Bowers. Good times. Fucking disaster. (laughs) You know, it is what it is. You know, it's really, really the only team Cleveland hasn't traded well with is is the Rays, probably because it's just they're they're so similar to us. Yeah, that is true. But uh, yeah, Jose Abreu. I I just found it interesting. You know, like you said, the rich get richer. I think playing, even if the power's down, and I believe. What I read was his power is down because his launch angle is is a little bit lower. He's more of a line drive hitter going forward, but those short porches in in Houston, you know, I it might be able to help his uh the the total amount of like home runs, you know, stay respectable a little bit longer, more so than going to a, a different ballpark and maybe be more of a doubles hitter if he pulls it down yeah. the line in Houston. You know, in the Crawford boxes, like you know, it's yeah, an easier also, home run, or and even down, right. e- even in right field, even in short right field, like those fences right. are so are are so it's ridiculous. Short. But and also, like even if the power isn't there, especially for a guy like a, I think that's also I don't I don't get in that big whole thing overrated power, but mm-hmm. like especially for a Brayu, like it doesn't matter, like the way he puts the ball in play, he gets base hits, the contact rate is so so good with him. That he's just gonna he's gonna be so well with that team, and I think that's why it's so bad being a Cleveland fan, knowing like we could have had him. But in his defense, if you're gonna go to a team, why not go to the Astros? So I get I get it from his perspective, but like like you said, launch angles down, but like he's still driving the ball hard. He's probably still gonna find some power there, and especially you gotta think he might have found the power more now, knowing that. He doesn't have to do as much. I think maybe in that White Sox lineup, he was just trying to get on base to help everybody else. In this lineup, he can maybe free swing some more, if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, Brady, I mean, he's just he's just a class A hitter. And I think anybody would love to get him. And, I, obviously, like the Astros, just better and better every year. They'll just somehow get whatever they want. Good for them. Hey, when you're the best team in baseball, you know, it – it is what it is, you know what right. I mean. And oh yeah, you know you have money coming off the books in Verlander. It doesn't really sound like Verlander's coming back. It seems like he's. It sounds like he's going to be a hired gun, uh, the rest yeah. of his career, even if it's a year or two. Um, you know, Guriel's gone. Um, who who else do they have? I'm trying to think, I just kind of went blank. Sorry. Uh, obviously Tucker's great. But he's on a very affordable contract. Yeah, that McCormick is on a, a global oh, contract. Yeah, McCormick. Um, Jake Matthews, who's supposed to be in center for them next year. I think they have McCormick going to left. Yeah, obviously they have Jordan, who's on a... I mean, I, I don't think his contract's like too, too crazy. No. Bregman, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Bregman, because I think he's a free agent after next year. I'm not, I'm not sure offhand. But... Yeah. And then you have, you know, Carlos Correa 2.0 in, in Jeremy Pena. So. That is a stud. <clears throat> and I wonder if they, you know, this keeps it open for a Wilson Contreras move, too. Yeah. 
That is true. Well, you got to think of not If they don't bring back Verlander, that even with this Abreu deal, like you could still afford Ver, I mean, not a Verlander, but you can still get a, a Wilson Contreras. And I, I think that's the move that everybody's just waiting to happen. I think everybody thought that move's going to happen. And the fact that it hasn't happened yet makes you feel like who's out there for Wilson to go still, go to still. I, the Cubs, I think, yeah, would make sense, him just going back there. I think the Cardinals make a ton of sense for Wilson Contreras. I mean, I think pipe it's a waiting dream, game, though, for a lot pipe, of these teams. Pipe dream Cleveland, if they wanted to. Yeah. I mean, what do you think Wilson Contreras gets $20 million? Well, I think the, I think the issue is, like, right now, and I, I know we talked about this last, but I think everybody's waiting for the shortstop market. Yeah. You've got to think, like, let's just say, for example, the um, the Cubs. They end up getting the shortstop they want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they, they overpay a little bit. You know what I mean? They may not be wanting to get Wilson anymore, but that's it. They're missing all the shortstops. I'm like, okay, we have money to get Wilson back. I feel like every team is just waiting for these shortstops to go. And I think all the movement's going to start. So all these teams are going to be like, okay, we got this money, we got this much, we got this much to spend. And it sucks because Wilson deserves the money. He's a good player. Um, he could get $20 million a year, but the way the market is, you never know. He, he, I think he's the only free agent who's like, what is he, 30 or 29? I think all the other ones are like above 33 that are catchers. Yeah, I can look. I, I think the medium age for catchers is like right. 32 or 33. Here, let's see. Um, let's see. Sorry, I know this is riveting. Very uh, good. I'm looking it up too. Okay. The only one that's under 30 is Gary Sanchez. And he's 29.9, so he's about to be 30. And I don't think any contending team wants Gary Sanchez as no. a catcher. Yeah, that's Contreras is is thirty and a half. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's and there's like, not yeah, much. There's really not much. No. I mean, yeah, we get like I just say, who? Jorge Alfaro from yeah. San Diego. I like My, I like him too a lot. Mike Zunino makes a ton of sense if you if you're Cleveland, if you want a cheap one year guy. Omar Nervaez. Sandy Leone. I mean, come home. I mean. You know exactly, Roberto <laughs> Perez. I mean, Roberto you know Perez for for like a one year, like a. Honestly, a, I saw his name pop up and I was like, "Shit, that's." that's I mean, if if he's your I backup, like if he's your backup. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a guy that looking at this list that I I know we go on these Cleveland topics. I'm surprised Cleveland never took a like a a run at, just because he's Austin Hedges but younger is uh. Or I guess he's older, Tucker Barnhart, just reminds me of like a guy that Cleveland would want. He obviously is left-handed, so obviously we don't need him now. But well, is, wait, isn't he switch? Isn't he a switch hitter though? Is he? It says I, on here he bats left. I know, but he was a switch hitter. Then for like a year, he went back to being a left-handed hitter. Oh. Or for like two years, he went to he was just pure left-handed hitter, and then I think he went back to switch hitting last year. It doesn't surprise me. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I could, because it was something weird like that, because he was a switch hitter originally. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's go back to 
the other base. guys that signed. Well, not just first base, but we'll talk about the other guys that signed. Uh, oh, there's a couple okay. of former uh, Cleveland players who yeah. signed. So obviously Jose Breu, three years technically it was forty eight or no fifty eight point five million dollars, and then a couple one year deals. So far, Mike Clevenger to the White Sox, one year, twelve million dollars. Sport track has that's hmm, that's a little steeper. The deal confuses me for a lot of things, just because like I saw a tweet about it, but like out of all the teams that had like clubhouse issues, you bring in Mike Clevenger, <laughs> not really a clubhouse guy. No, and not somebody who is going to eat innings like Johnny Cueto did. No. Yes. Like Quato signed out. Quato signed out like a was it like five million dollar deal last year, like late in late in spring training, or maybe it was like the first week of the year, end of the season, end of the season. And he became basically like their best starting pitcher, most consistent starting pitcher. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought he was the reason why he was so good is like he was just getting them innings. Like Giolito, not great. Last year, really not great. The last like two years. Um, who who else? Oh, Dylan Cease. Yeah, yeah, Dylan Cease is a Dylan Cease is amazing, but he he only ever goes like six innings because he ends up walking yeah, guys. That. And it's 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 kind of like he's like a better Clevenger, like when he's actually pitching. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it like, makes kinda sense. Kind of like effectively wild a lot. Stuff like that. Um, he's like everything you want in an ace, but not at the same time. Like he does everything you want an ace to do, except that he does, never goes the amount of time you want an ace to go. And it's really not his like. You look at it; it's really his pitch count. Yeah, there are times like he's in the fifth inning, and there's like ninety pitches, and you're like, okay, like hopefully, hopefully it's a quick one two. You know, hopefully it's a like a little bit longer of a one two three inning. If you're going against him, like Cleveland does, it seems like every time they played him. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He never because, certainly played Cleveland just because I know Cleveland would make him throw pitches. Well, exactly. Exactly. Especially Cleveland. You know, they're yeah. you know, they're they're gonna strike out some, but they're gonna foul off pitches, they're gonna make it a little tough on him. Because he's got great stuff. But like mm-hmm. getting Mike Clevenger and paying twelve million dollars for someone who I just you want your number three, number four guy to just eat innings and eat quality innings, and just Clevenger's never done that in his in his entire career, and he's because he's always hurt, too. Yeah, that's the other factor. Yep. So, you could hope, okay, maybe he gets back to being what he was in Cleveland. I don't see it, and that was what twenty nineteen when he was really really good. I don't see yeah. it because nope. I mean it's two Tommy John surgeries. Like you said, a, a team that had locker room issues, and you're bringing in, you know, somebody like Clevenger, and I, I don't think he's necessarily a, a bad teammate or anything, but he no, does no. have some. He does have a little bit of baggage from the time he was in Cleveland. I just don't think he's going to help. The, I don't. I don't think he's going to do worse, but I don't think he's going to help it either. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, and especially losing like your main guy in Jose Abreu, like your yeah. main locker room guy, the guy that's been there. And another the guy that was. Good in locker room, like I know he was only there for one season, but I've always heard good things about Josh Harrison. They didn't bring him back either. Mm-hmm. And everything I hear about that guy is how good he is in the locker room. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I wonder what they uh, 
what they're gonna do. I wonder if they bring back like uh what's his name? Uh Elvis Andrews to play second. That would make a lot of oh. sense. He he played really well yeah. for them. He did, he did. And I don't think it would cost that much, maybe five million ish. Yeah, because um, I think he's like, because I think he's like 33, 34. So I feel like he has like a couple year, you know, a, a year or two still left of quality baseball. Um, but yeah, Clevenger going to to the White Sox that doesn't that doesn't move the needle as 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 they say. Uh, no. former. Uh, Cleveland first baseman Carlos Santana signing a one year six point seven million dollar deal with the Pirates. Honestly. I like it for the Pirates a lot. You yep. get a, a veteran great clubhouse guy on a very, very, very young team. And he's going to play good defense. You know what you're going to get from him day in and day out. And then by the trading deadline, a team's going to come calling for, for a veteran uh, hitter who could play some first base, who could play some DH. And they'll probably end up flipping him for a uh, – for prospects at at the deadline, so that that makes a ton of sense uh, to me for for the yeah. Pirates. <laughs> like uh, I know, like I know they're like they're a young team, but you gotta have some veterans. Like you can't just go pure, like young team. Like I, I just I, you know what I mean. Like no, you no, can't I just go. Yeah. You can't go like. I mean, I guess you could just go like Cleveland did last year, but you need a a, a good manager. And a good coaching staff in order to do that. And there is Derek Shelton still the manager of the Pirates? I, I think he is. Last time I checked, I'm pretty sure he is. I didn't think he got he fired. Was, so I feel bad for that man. But yeah. And Santana will help like Ono Cruz and like you said, those young guys. And then you could flip them at the deadline. And then former Detroit Tiger, Jamer Candelario signs a one year five million dollar deal with Washington. I love that move for Washington. Yeah, I mean they need just major league baseball players and Candelario. What was it in twenty twenty? He had a he good has year. Sparks. Yeah, he has like spurts where he's like really, really, really good, but then he has really like he goes down that hill bad. But also, he was playing for the Tigers, so you never know. What's weird he's is he's only like, twenty nine, which I never I thought he was way younger than that. What's weird is I, it's. I don't under, I don't understand why they non tendered like all their, like all their yeah. all their guys that were that were on their mm-hmm. team last year, Candelario <laughs> at like five mil- yeah like five million dollars like, I would have thought you would have brought him back at least you know like if, right. if anything he's a, like a bench bat like a switch hitter you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, was it both Castros got non tendered too you know like yeah oh. and really Castro's actually not been. I mean, this past season he was hurt, I believe, but he's not been bad. And one of them was one of them's an infielder, and he wanted to play. They wanted him to play the outfield, and yeah, really, they actually, put in right field. Yeah, he and he seemed pretty comfortable the, a, yeah. a little bit. But we you know, the tight to Detroit. Yeah, for uh, uh, Leonis Martin, I believe. Yes. Yep. So again, all it, it all comes first full circle. <laughs> Couple other uh, guys, uh, Jolie Rodriguez, the lefty um, from the Mets, goes to Boston, one year, two million dollar deal, and then our backup catcher from last year, Luke Maley, goes from Cleveland to Cincinnati. He goes home. He's from Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. 
So good for him. Good for him. Yeah. The only the only place he's never played was was Great American Ballpark. He said on uh, the Rose rotation, the Chris Rose rotation. Oh, so he gets to play. Yes, good for Mallory. At at the at the home ballpark for the first time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Shout out to Luke Maley. I he he had some. Uh, I, I liked him honestly. I defensively. As a backup, he, was pretty, he did. Yeah. Yeah, defensively, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, he had a better bat than than Hedges. But I mean, I know that's not saying much. I but believe you did. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty terrible, man. <laughs> I'm pretty terrible. I'm pretty terrible. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to sh- shout out to Luke Maylin. Had the had Cashmere as as his walk up song. That was pretty what? lit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Luke Maylin's up. <laughs> and then he had, he went on a weird hot streak in the in in the year in what was it like August where he hit like over yes. 300 for like 15, 17 games. And for a backup who doesn't play a lot to get hot like that, pretty good. Yeah, and he put up good at bats for the most part. Honestly, if you want to be a backup, if you're a backup catcher and you want to play, I would just sign with Cleveland. I mean, they're constantly sure. like subbing out catchers and pinch I mean, hitting. San Leon has a job because Cleveland. Be exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know he 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 watched us or he was on our team. When we walked off the twins, and then and then he and then a week later he was pitching, uh, in Detroit for us, and then a, <laughs> and then two weeks after that he was starting, uh, for the twins, against us, yeah. and you're like, oh, you know, like it oh. wouldn't surprise me if they bring him back on a, Dude, like a, on a minor league deal, just minor cause. league or or a uh spring training invite type guy, yep, especially if you know they hate. If they go out and they get a Sean Murphy, like he's not going to catch every single game, so maybe getting a a Sandy Leone for like literally the one year, and and the for one nothing. game a week, right. it would be worth it until the middle of the year when you bring up Bo Naylor and Bo Naylor can catch some, and then you know, but you obviously want Naylor's bat in the lineup, you know, relatively. Yes. Um, but yeah, all that being said, shout out to Luke Naylor. So now, sorry, we can go to the remaining first baseman because obviously I think that's where you think a lot of, you know, that's like the main hole for Cleveland is a right-handed hitting power hitter who can play first base, who can play DH because Naylor just cannot hit against lefties as of right now. Maybe he could develop into an all right left, uh, you know, against lefties, but Going into this year, you you just can't have Owen Miller playing first base against lefties. It was disgusting. Want to cry? Yeah. Um Let's see. So available first baseman. I mean, Josh Bell would just. <clears throat> well, how do you so, feel about him? I honestly, I would love it. Dude, uh... I would too. See, but here's my only issue with Josh Bell, and it's not even a Josh Bell issue. So that's just let's just play the game that we get Josh Bell, right? Okay. That he so he plays first base and DHs. Mm-hmm. When they, when there's a righty, Naylor plays in whichever one plays first and DHs. I don't care. You know what I mean, as mm-hmm. long as they're both in the lineup when a when a righty plays. When a lefty plays, obviously then Bell go to first and we can DH somebody else or whatever we want to do. 
But let's just say the Indian or sorry, Guardians. Let's say they go out and make a trade for a catcher. Let's just say like a Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. And they get Bell. I don't see how that would work then. As cause or do you, or then my only reason then is then do we think Nate Bo Naylor doesn't come up at all this season? Oh, you get um, I'm trying because I feel like if you bring Bo up, you want to you want to put him in the lineup, and I feel like you can't put him in the lineup when you have Josh Bell and the other Naylor fighting over DH in first base. You know what I mean, well, I think I think if you get Sean Murphy, I think you could kind of push Bo Naylor coming up and making an impact to 2024. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Okay, what what whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But if you get Sean Murphy, he's catching every single get every single day. Right. That's a, yeah. And you know you'll have opportunities to you know put Bo Naylor at if you wanted to if like if you wanted to have him on the roster, but I feel like you want him to get reps, continue to get reps at catcher. So the only way I see Bo Naylor playing this year is if they run it back with like Austin Hedges. And you have him for okay. like a half, like you have Hedges start the majority of the games a half a year. You have Bo Naylor break camp with the team, you know, kind of learn the way. And then by June, maybe middle of May, June, um, he, he becomes over. your, he becomes your, your main uh, catcher. Um, okay. That makes sense. But yeah, I, I, I really don't think there's a, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think it's like either or though. Like like for this year, yeah. But I I I mean, I see the fit, you know, cuz cuz you just make that lineup a lot a lot better. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. That would be awesome if we could get a bell. Cool. And bell fits a lot of the analytics and you know the baseball savant. I know it's weird cuz he doesn't have for somebody who you think is a power hitter, he doesn't have a ton of um uh what is it? Like his a- average exit velo isn't as high as other power hitters, so uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um but he walks a lot. That's the thing. He walks a lot. He doesn't really strike out comparably to other, you know, first basemen. He's not a great right. defender, but you know, he's all right enough. And plus, it's first base, so it is what it is. As long as you right. can catch the ball at first base, which is literally Owen Miller's entire issue, he cannot catch the ball. Right. What's we- you yep. know what's weird? Like, the analytics say that that Owen Miller is a good defensive first baseman. Because I don't know, they're probably not an analytic made up yet of not being able to catch a ball thrown to you. <laughs> I know. I know. They probably think that's a given. <laughs> So okay, so here here's the issue with okay, so Josh Bell, his average exit velocity is in the forty eighth percentile, which is strange. Yeah. Max exit velo is in the eighty three. Hard hit is hard hit percentage is fifty five. Um, expected batting average is eighty six percent. Slugging is sixty eight percent. Barrel forty five percent. But this is where you know this is where you you kind of like him. Uh, his K rate is 83%, 83 percentile. So he doesn't strike out, especially for a, for a first baseman. Right. Um, walk, 93 percentile. He, he 66 uh, whiff percent, so he doesn't really swing and, uh, doesn't really swing and miss. 
chase rate, 73%. You know, he only yeah. hit 17 home runs last year. He's, I mean, it, it, he's such a weird kind of player. Because in 2021, his, his average exit velocity was 92, was in the 92 percentile. Max, max uh, exit velocity, 96. Oh, so you can kind of think last year maybe it was a down year in power. So um, you could kind of maybe think it was an anomaly. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, anomaly. Yeah, there maybe, maybe. I don't know. I want him. I, I, I don't know. He just he, when I watch him play, he just seems like somebody who could just spin our lamp so well. So in nineteen and twenty, so in nineteen, it was ninety two point four. In twenty twenty, which was I think a pretty bad year for him. It was ninety one point seven. Last year was ninety. Last year meaning twenty twenty one ninety two point five, and then uh, this year, uh, this past year, eighty eight point nine. Oh, okay. So it's been like usually not a little above ninety. Last year was a little above, a little below ninety. The yeah was was sign was like two miles per hour less than ninety. And four okay. mile per hour less than what he was the year before. Okay. How old is he? Thirty, um, a little over thirty. Yeah, I mean, uh, the other guy that pops out on my list, and I wanted your opinion on this guy. And it's not uh, Trey Mancini because we already talked about him before. Okay. How about like a one year? I'm saying if this is this is the same two guys. Let's say all the options. Like we don't we miss on Bell. Okay, mm-hmm. we 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 need a right handed bat. Yep. What about a guy like Sano? No. Or even Aguilar? Mm, no. On both? Yeah, no. Sano is okay. is literally just all power and that's it. Right. So that, that would be a no. Um, Yeah, no. I think the only other guy that would make a little bit of sense, Brandon Jury, I think makes some sense. I oh, don't... yeah, he can't play first game. Yeah, he kind of plays everywhere, but it's like, would you rather have Brandon Drury or would you rather have and and his versatility, or would you rather have Josh Bell, who's a more consistent mainstay in in a lineup? Because here's yeah. the thing, Josh Bell did not play well when he was traded over to San Diego, but he still walked a ton. So even when he's yeah. struggling, he's still doing what he. There's still, still there, yeah, there's still value in him being in the lineup all the time because he right. does take his walks. And maybe like I mean uh, yeah. Say you sign him to a three year because he's 30. So maybe he wants a three or four year deal. I don't know how much F, like like per year he wants. But maybe I mean think about this. What if you go into next year in 2024 you have Josh Bell and your lineup is Quan leading off. Then maybe you have Josh Bell hit second, and then Jose yeah. Ramirez, or maybe you have Jose hit second, and then you have you know maybe an Oscar Gonzalez hitting third, Josh Bell hitting fourth, and then you have you know the Nailers and and Jimenez and stuff like that. Or maybe you maybe it affords you to put Jose at second and Jimenez at at third, you know hitting third. And right. then Josh Bell hitting fourth and a nailer. And then, you know, say if you get a Sean Murphy, then it just kind of extends your lineup a pretty significant uh, amount. Oh, yeah. So I'm just looking at this page where it gives like your market value for guys. 
And this says Bell's at market values a little under fourteen million. Yeah, that was, I mean, so I let's, say, let's to, say we offer in four years, but for fifteen each, would you do that? Yeah, four years, sixty million. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In typical Cleveland fashion, probably two or three after three years they trade them, which is fine. Yeah, that would be okay. That's what we do. But and here's the yeah, other thing would, too: there's there's that. there's nobody there's nobody in the minors to play first base. Well, well, uh, Noel, maybe that's it. They got Noel. He can. I mean, he could if they put him there, but I think he's still. I think but he's still primarily at third still. Yeah, but he's still a few years away anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah the only know. other guy that they I thought they could try at first base was Jones, and he's gone still. So. Yeah, he's gone, and he's he better left handed, and they don't need that. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. So I think I honestly I think it comes down to Josh Bell and Brandon Jury. I feel like, you know, I they said Drury's market value is about ten million. That would make sense to like a three year ten a three year thirty million dollar deal. Because yep. then, if if anything, you know, you don't really have to rush Arias to be your shortstop for next year. You know, you could have Drury play second, maybe, or place, you know, first against lefties, and then maybe he could play some second base, and then you could have uh, Jimenez. At, at short, you know, it gives you, it gives you some backup plans, just in case. Right. It also lets you allows you to DH Jose and have a pretty, a still competent defender at third, not like you know, like like a young guy like uh, right, like uh, what's his name, like Arias or whoever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but that also means if you get a Brandon Jury, that most likely means a guy like. Tyler Freeman is probably on the chopping block because that because then yeah. you don't really need that utility guy, utility infielder guy when you have him already. Right. I'm under the impression also. I think we've talked about this many times. Like, if there is a trade that happens with Cleveland and it's a big trade, I think that he, Freeman's most likely in that deal, mm. just because of how. Yeah, I can see that. Just because of how our system plays out. Yep, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Well, Gabe, um, I think we kind of hit everything you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to shout out Twitter and whatnot, and uh. Yep. Um, you can follow me at Yanezgabe thirteen Y N E Z G A B E one three, and you can follow. The podcast on Twitter at leadoff talk at L E A D O F F T A L K. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kaylin O C L E. That's Kaylin K A T A L A N. Knows K N O W S C L E. And as always, friends, take it easy.